Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your hosts, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. Each week, we dig deeper into the Sabbath School lesson. Now this quarter, we're looking at the Book of Daniel. Michael and I have the privilege to teach religion at Southwestern Adventist University. We both love to teach and have pastoral hearts. Together, we have 18 years of pastoral ministry experience. Although we share a lot of similarities, we also come with some unique perspectives. Buster has a passion for evangelism and church growth. He is just about to begin doctoral studies in how to revitalize churches. He's one of the most creative persons that I know, yet has a deeply caring heart. I look forward to when he preaches. And among other classes, he teaches preaching and leads out in our pastoral intern program. Buster is married to Lauren, who teaches English to ESL students, and they have two children, Neil and Raina. And right now, they're active with adventurers. I admire how he is very intentional to stay balanced by working out, lifting weights, and making time for family. Michael's expertise in, in the areas of church history and theology. He and his family most recently served as missionaries teaching future pastors in Asia. He loves to write and has authored, co-authored, and edited seven books, including his latest on the 1919 Bible Conference. His wife, Heidi, is pursuing a PhD in early modern studies at Baylor. They have two children, Emma and David, and Michael directs their local church Pathfinders Club. So now, let's dig in into this week's lesson on the Book of Daniel. It's Soup and Swoops, and we're back again for Episode 2, From Jerusalem to Babylon. What's our memory text for today? Well, our memory uh, text for today comes from Daniel 1.17. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill and literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So what is going on here? Here we have, it started out with Bible prophecy, and now we're delving into some narrative. Yeah, and, and that's what's so interesting about the book of Daniel is it's not just a book of prophecy. It's also a book of these four young men who are also going through real life issues, just like you and I are going through today. Sounds like to me from this lesson, it's kind of a situation that where things go from bad to worse. I mean, here they are living in Jerusalem. They're in a fairly well socioeconomic status. Um, they have a promising future. And then Babylon invades and upends their world. And now they're taken into captivity. <laughs> Absolutely. And we see they're taking captivity. But the entire time we see that God is with them and you know, in the midst of captivity, sometimes it's hard to, to see the, the goodness in it. But the good thing is that God is with us no matter what. You know, I, I think probably most people can relate to the story of this particular lesson with the story of Daniel, because who doesn't face terrible conflict and trials and all kinds of things. So let, let's delve in a little bit about uh, exactly what the, the story is going on here, because we have this reminder that even in the midst of the craziness of Daniel and these four, uh, four of his friends, that, that God's still there and he's, he's in control. Yeah. You know, uh, last week we ended talking about God's sovereignty. And once again, this word comes up again, God is sovereign. Matter of fact, I loved how, uh, Earlier in the lesson, it shares that the true hero in this is not Daniel and his friends. The true hero in this is God, because he is in control. Well, let's look a little bit about uh, why in the world did all of this take place? I mean, why did were they taken away into captivity? You, you know, uh, the people, the children of Israel themselves had gotten far from God and God warned them 
uh, sort of like we saw last week with Jonah, uh, with the Ninevites. He warned them, but this time the Israelites, they didn't take heed. As a result, they were taken captive. Uh, but God was saying, don't worry, I'm still going to be with you, but I have some lessons to show you in the meantime. If I'm hearing you right, Buster, it sounds like there's consequences to our, our actions, both individually and in this case, more corporately. Is that is that right? Did you just say the C word? <laughs> consequences? <laughs> Ouch. But absolutely, yes, there, there's consequences. And the children of Israel were going through them. Yeah, nobody likes consequences. And, you know, I think part of this relates to how you view God, who who is God. Some people are afraid of God, that he's some kind of tyrant out there just looking for you to mess up and to make your life miserable or to punish you. But, um, you know, that doesn't seem to be really the message of the Bible or what we see here. No, uh, you know, Michael, as, as I was looking, uh, especially at Second Kings uh, 21 and even Second Kings 24, it's talking about, uh, Manasseh is talking about Jehoiakim, and we see that they had done evil uh, in the sight of the Lord. And as a result, it, I, one thing I was wanting us to realize is that our mistakes and the things that we do don't only affect us, but they affect sometimes generations that follow after us. So if I'm if I'm hearing you right, uh, if God eventually, uh, if we choose not to go along with Him, eventually it kind of lets us have to face our decisions that we've made. Yes. And only, and that's, that's the point I was trying to make, which is not only do we make them, but we open up the door for further generations to make those decisions as well. So we impact the, the other people. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, I, I find this very interesting. And what happens when sometimes other people's actions impact you? Even even someone's negative actions uh, cause you to be put into a difficult situation. You know, and that, that's the hard part. And sometimes we want to ask God those questions. And sometimes uh, you're like Daniel and his four friends or his three friends, which is you just turn to God for help. And I think this is what this lesson is really drawing out. Sometimes we can sit there and we can ask why. And sometimes it's revealed to us. But sometimes God's just saying Trust me, ask me, and I'll reveal it to you. Well, this is kind of an interesting situation because here they are showing up in Babylon, the capital city of, of the empire of that time, and they're selected to undergo this very special training in the king's uh, court. And as they're undergoing this, uh, this had to have been quite a culture shock for them to, to go through, suddenly find themselves captives and now in a foreign land, probably a foreign language. Everything is really, really different. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I, I wrote down here some ways that they were challenged educationally, physically, culinarily. <laughs> That's a word, right? But sure. their name changes, all yeah. these things, they had to go through so many changes and they had to go along with the flow. And yet there's some points where they said, no, we're not going to bow down to these aspects. I'm glad you brought up that whole culinary thing, because having spent some time as a missionary and traveled to different places, you know, one of the sometimes the biggest culture shocks come from the little things, uh, the food that we eat. And and uh, oftentimes at first it's really exciting. It's new. It's different. But but after a while, you start eating the same thing every day uh, and you're not used to that. Uh, it really the, the how we how we eat the foods that we choose to eat uh, really do have an impact on on who we are and our culture and, and everything else. Yeah. And I, and I love the lesson because it's going to get a little bit stronger to that here in just a second. And, and 
I, I'm, I'm looking forward to unpacking that just a little bit more. Yeah. You know, uh, as I was looking, even uh, as we're going through Daniel chapter one, it gets into Daniel chapter one, verses seven through 20. And it talks about firm resolution there. And uh, it's talking about, uh, it asks this question, it says, we see two factors at work here, Daniel's free will and the intervention of God. What important principles, uh, what, what important principle also exists here? Well, this is uh, this is great because, you know, the last episode we talked about this, how even though God is sovereign, he doesn't take away our free will, our ability to choose. And I think that's a great thing about God. I mean, he could just force us to do everything. But would he really, truly be a God of love? You know, uh, Daniel 1, 8 is one of my favorite texts in the Bible. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And not only that, but it goes on and says, now God brought Daniel to favor of goodwill of the chief and the eunuchs. That had to have taken immense uh, courage yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. And tying along with what you said, not only does God give us free will, but he gives us the chance to submit to his will. And when we submit to his will, great things happen. And you might be saying, well, he's still in captivity. Yes, but, but in the midst of that, he realizes there's someone he can trust. And in the midst of captivity, God still gives Daniel and his friends freedom. So what happens after he makes this resolution to put God first in his life? Well, we see it there in verse nine. Now, God brought Daniel to favor with the goodwill and chief, uh, the goodwill and of the chief of the eunuchs. Uh, so, therefore, they they recognize there's something different about these young men, and God even uh, helped to persuade the hearts of those who are ca- uh, captors over him to give uh, Daniel and his friends favor with him. You know, the the king's uh, court must have really been a little bit of reverse culture shock having these guys actually come. And that had to have been so unusual to actually have been witness to that. Yes, 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 indeed. Well, how did how they actually, uh, the lesson goes on to talk about how um, they managed to remain unblemished and, and still keep that, their integrity. I like that word, integrity. Yeah, their integrity and remaining unblemished and sometimes that's easier said than done because sometimes we can justify, you know, if you're there and like, oh, it's just this one meal. If I don't, I'll get beheaded. Yeah, that's a pretty good excuse, right? Yeah, it sounds pretty uh, life or death consequences here. <laughs> which which comes across with this, where does our worldview come from? And Daniel's worldview was, I will trust God no matter what. And God, you have my heart, you have my mind, you have my will, and therefore I'm going to follow you. So what kind of temptations do you think that uh, Daniel and his friends were facing in the midst of, of the court there? You know, we, we talked a little bit about it earlier. Uh, there's not only the food and the name changes and everything else. Uh, I have a really good friend of mine who goes into a little bit of detail, even talking about the names that uh, the king, uh, the king's court gave Daniel and his friends were to honor their gods. And they had to kind of go along with those names. But uh, even though they had those names, Daniel's friends said, you know what, in our heart of hearts, we're still going to trust in our God. And those were those were all challenges that they were facing. But the biggest challenge was completely conform to us rather than going along with the will of your of your savior. So if I'm hearing you right, you know, the the food itself could be problematic for for Jews, right, because of clean and unclean foods. But 
but an even probably bigger issue is is what you're saying about the whole thing about uh, you know these foods being offered to foreign deities and gods. Yes, yes. So I mean, it's just so. Um, I mean, right at the heart of who they are, and here they've committed themselves to God, and it seems like this is just such a direct challenge to their faith. Yeah, you know what? I, I was reading earlier in uh, Galatians two nineteen through twenty one, and I'll, I'll read it for you now. For though I am, uh, for though the law died to the law that I might live to God, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So we can live through the power of Christ flowing through us. He, he, his Holy Spirit can, can, can be with us to give us power to overcome even such temptations as these. Seems to me that that's our greatest challenge as Christians is we want to do things in our own strength, our own power. And and when we do that, that's when we run into trouble is, uh, you know, we make it about ourselves instead of making it about Christ. And, and if we keep Christ at the center, not only of the book of Daniel, but of the, the this whole story, this narrative is, is, is a reminder that Daniel and his friends are saying, hey, we choose Christ first in our lives. And, and you recognize it, too. Yes, they came up with all of this because, um, uh, especially, I know I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but if you recognize this, they're serving one another. Uh, Daniel didn't want to see his friends killed. His friends didn't want to see Daniel killed, and they came and they sought God because they even had the mindset of not just living their lives for themselves and, and not only just living their lives for God, but caring about the other people that are around them as well. And I like how that influence, you know, they're, they're just saying not only do we want to, do we find this problematic for us, but we also see that uh, in the midst of that, that, hey, give us a chance. Let, just give it a chance and try and see what happens. And, and based on that, uh, let, then make an, an evaluation, determine what we're going to do. You know, when they were making these decisions, they were facing certain death. I mean... By going against anything the King Courts was, was, was saying, they, they didn't have the rights that we have in this country today. Uh, but 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Meaning that the decisions that we make now are eternal decisions that overcome even the temporal. You know, this story reminds me that not only were people like Daniel and his friends having to make decisions like this, but there are people around the world right now that are making real life and death decisions about uh, their their walk with Jesus. I'm reminded of traveling into a, a remote part of the world. I'm not going to say where it was, but a very remote place. I actually talked to the person. They told me how they became a Christian when they were just children, uh, that person and his sister had a call porter, someone who sells bookstore to door, came to their village, shared with them about Jesus. And after some weeks and, the, and, and months that they eventually gave their hearts to Jesus Christ, went home and made a decision that they wanted to be baptized, told their mom and dad. And the father said, if you are baptized, I will cut off your head. Wow. And that next Sabbath, they went down to the river. Do you think they were baptized? That's a big question. Both he and his sister wanted to make sure their commitment, even if they died for their faith, that they would stand firm. And uh, so they went back home and the father asked, were you baptized? And he uh, uh, reached for his sword. He was ready to kill his own children. Uh Uh-oh. And 
and the uncle that was there said, you can't kill your own kids, wrestled them to the ground, and they jumped out of the jungle hut window never to come back home again. So these kinds of decisions often, sometimes it, it doesn't mean it's a life or death decision, but in the case of Daniel and his friends, they are making real life or death decisions. And we have to recognize there are many people in the world today, even today, that when they make a decision, they are putting their life on the line uh, making that full commitment all the way. You, you know, Michael, I, I think it's important to say here, I thought this story was going to be, hey, and he saw that his kids got baptized and he jumped in the water as well. But, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. And and that's what we have to realize is that even though we're on God's side and we're praying and we're, 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 we're pleading for on behalf of our lives and those lives of people that are being lost, that sometimes in this life, our lives will be lost, but eternally... The things that we will gain are far are worth far more. And, and this is what makes the story of, of Daniel and his friends so great is that uh, God actually did reward their faith um, as they um, after that testing period, they were healthier. They looked better. They were passing their exams with higher marks, we would say. And, and God did bless and make that possible for them to continue on. Yeah, which, which is a perfect segue into our Thursday lesson, which is the final exam. And, and we just you, had final exams. Yeah, oops, we did. <laughs> Here at Southwestern. Sorry, students, uh, for being under the mercy of, of Swoops and Campbell. <laughs> well, it's over now. <laughs> yes, it is. Although those grades are still getting uh, recorded and uh, the judgment is about to come. But uh, excited to, to see. It's, it's a good feeling as a professor to get those final exams graded, isn't it? It, it is, especially uh, you and I were talking about this when you see young men and young women that are standing tall that do extremely well and and it's good to see it. You know, as a professor, this may surprise some students, but I actually just it's find it very heartwarming when I see my students do well on a test. You've gone through the whole semester, you've studied a topic, and you've reviewed them. And you, for me at least, I want to see my students. I don't want to see my students fail, you know? Yeah, it, and it ties in perfectly here because God wants to see us do well. Uh, there's all sorts of tests that life is going to throw at us. Uh, sometimes those are are tests that we bring up our, on ourselves, right? Self-examinations. But sometimes it's just life itself gives us examinations. And God is saying, I want you to do well. If you trust me, you will for sure ace it. Yeah. And the, the most important final exam isn't any class that you might take. Uh, it, it, and even in this case, uh, it, talking about the future and employment and livelihood of Daniel and his friends, but the, the greatest uh, test or final exam is our eternal destiny. You know, I, I have here, I just have to read it, uh, Daniel 1, 17 through 21. As for these, young, uh, these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had the understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief and the eunuchs brought them before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king interviewed them, and among them all, uh, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and, and Azariah. Therefore, they serve before the king, and in all manners of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all magicians and astrologers who were, in, who were all in his, in his realm. Thus, Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. 
And what a what a great affirmation to to wrap up this lesson this week is uh, seeing how God rewarded their faithfulness in profound ways, ten times. I mean, what student doesn't want to hear that from their professor? You're you, you've exceeded my expectations by ten times. You know, I I, uh, I I would love to one day be in heaven and tell Daniel, you know, what? because of your testimony. I got a 40.0, right? 10 times a (laughs) (laughs) 4.0. Well, and even before we just came over here, we had a student that was just rejoicing. He was so happy to pass the class. Yes. yeah, And he he passed with flying colors. I read that paper of yours he wrote. He did a great job. And so just really proud of him and uh, so many others as uh, thinking about this whole thing. So, Michael, what, what would you say this lesson, what would you say the biggest takeaway would be? I think it's faithfulness to God through the difficulties of life that God calls us to be faithful. And it may not always bear immediate results, but in the end, if we stick with it, um, God wants to bring us through. uh, And he's still in control. Um, He allows us free choice. But in the end, uh, being faithful to him, God wants us to pass the great final exam of eternal life. You know, I, I thought about this as well. And it's very similar to that, which is, yes, God, God honors those who trust him and he honors us with his trust. But now can God trust you? I was thinking about this. God could trust Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. And now can he can he trust you? Can he trust us? Well, I think it's been another great week. So it's time for soup and swoops to sign off. All right. See you next week. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.